everyone, and welcome to another episode for Season 3 of HoundCast. My name is Julie Culp, and I am the Director of Annual and Affinity Giving at Moravian, coming to you today from Reeves Library on Moravian University's campus. I will be your host for today's episode as we gear up for our third annual Athletics Giving Challenge, beginning October 28th and going through November 7th. The campaign lasts 11 days to give the Moravian athletics community the opportunity to back the pack. Today, we are excited to have Scott Dapp, former athletics director and football coach here with us. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Enjoying uh, myself. I'm actually helping out again with football as Coach Puckson kind of coached me out of retirement. So fills my day a little bit, but I'm doing good. Thank you. Glad to hear it. We're happy to have you here today as well. Can you speak a bit about your coaching slash administrative journey at Moravian, particularly how you ended up at Moravian, and your experience throughout your career here? Well, my college coaching career began back in the late 70s at Kutztown University as a part-time guy, part-time coach. And one of the other coaches on that staff was a guy named Doug Pollard, who I became good friends with. Eventually, I went to Susquehanna University. Doug went to Lafayette College, and then a few years later, ended up here. He ended up here at Moravian, and I eventually left Susquehanna and went down to Delaware State College in Dover, Delaware, for a year. While I was there, the football position opened up, and Doug called me and said I should apply. So I did, and. Who knew that 24 years later, then I would have become the athletic director. So, uh, but uh, that's how I ended up here. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we lost Doug at a way too early age, but uh, he was the main reason I ended up uh, here at Moravian. Sure. Great. Thank you so much. Scott, during your time at Moravian, how important was it to have the optimal facilities and training equipment for your athletes to be able to compete and represent the Greyhound uniform? Well, I, I have to laugh at that question, to be honest with you, because when I first got here, I'm not sure the word optimal would have been used to describe the facilities <laughs> and the equipment. But, I mean, what you see now on this campus is a far, far cry. Johnston Hall looks nothing like it did back in 1987 when I first got here. The arc did not exist. The weight room was a, a small room that one, actually, we had two. One had an old universal gym, and many people, unless you're my age, probably don't even know what a universal gym is. And another room had free weights in that during the summer when it got humid had rust all over them. Hmm. But somehow our guys got through. Things started to get better. The arc was built, and that looked it looked great functionally. It was not quite what it should have been, but the coaches made do. What you see now with the, the fitness center, performance center, they've become wow factors. Mm -hmm. One of my goals when I took over as, as athletic director was to try to improve coaches. All. Most of the, many of the coaches, when I first got here, had offices that probably were about twice the size of the room they're in now, which is not good, by the way, everybody. But <laughs> it just, I mean, you're putting a recruit, you're putting his parents in there, and so we, we had space, we were able to utilize it and, and get it so that the coaches now all have you know, optimal spaces there. Fitness center, the performance center, and then another goal I had was to get another turf field and the John Malkovich field has become another wow factor. So I think that that's, that's important because if there's something different about 
the athletes today. The recruiting process is, well, first of all, it's never ending. But it, it also, it, it, we use the term eye candy. Mm. They come, they want to see what you look like. The number of years our locker room is what most people would say. It's a locker room. Now, through the efforts of some, some strong fundraising, it's a place where you are proud to have football and baseball recruits look into that, uh, into that building. Um, and uh, you know, things have just gotten to the point where you feel comfortable enough to say, we're not really taking a back seat here. And, and we're not, I mean, there's one school, but I, I think our facilities right now in terms of Johnston Hall, the football and baseball locker room, John Byrne did a heck of a job. He built that softball field, mm -hmm. and that was a, was a class that was played. Paul Engelhart, when he came in, he made major improvements to the baseball field. So those kind of things have, have taken place, and it, it has been a big help to try to keep it, keeping up with the Joneses, mm -hmm. which is not easy, but uh, I think it's just getting closer to being able to do that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're definitely spot on that Moravian has come a really far away in terms of our facilities. So what is one memory during your time with Moravian Athletics that resonates with you the most and why? Anytime you've been at a place for me 24 years as the football coach and four years as the athletic director, there, there's a plethora of memories. Is there one that stands out more than the other? I, in, in football, the highs and lows, for some reason, this, you seem to remember the lows more than the highs because they just stick with you. But one that would have to be the very obvious was very early when we you know, won the NAC championship in, in 1988, which was the first time since 1970 that that had occurred. And back then, to get into the NCAA playoffs, there were no automatic bids, so you relied on a committee, and there were only 16 teams that were chosen to go. Moravian's football team, for the first time in its history, made the NCAA playoffs. So clinched a championship at, at Albright, so that was a high point. We had another game that week against a rival, Muhlenberg, which was a non-conference game, and we won that, which we felt should have pushed us high enough to be in the playoffs. We got selected, so that was a high one. I'd probably say those three to four week periods of that 1988 year was probably the most memorable for me uh, in terms of my, my, my time there. But seeing some of the other facilities you know, take place, seeing Johnston Hall, the renovations that took place there, I felt real enjoyed that, uh, that seeing that fitness center, which that kind of took place I think I had just taken over as AD when we had the official opening of that, but that felt good. To, again, as I said, if people are walking from Main Street onto campus towards Johnson Hall and they come down the hill past the hub, they say wow when they see McAvoy Field. They come into Johnson Hall, they can say wow at Dickens Field. They go into the fitness center, they can say wow. So, you know, that's it for me. Those are great memories. Thank you. I hope that some of your former student-athletes from the 1988 football team are tuning in and get to hear that's one of your favorite memories. So wrapping up, Scott, I have one more question. What does the Athletics Giving Challenge mean to you? How critical is it that alumni and friends of the university that may be tuning into our episode today participate in the fundraising campaign to ensure our student-athletes are supported? 
you learn very early as when you become a head coach and probably even as an assistant but there's very few things that you use in your program or need to have your program be successful that doesn't have a dollar sign in front of it I've experienced many years as a coach and I also experienced as an athletic director where our budget from one year to the next didn't change so we, the coaches were pretty much told all right work with the same budget which sounds okay fine but every piece of equipment that you use probably went up in price whether it was five cents or ten cents I mean but if you need 20 footballs for the season and, and they went up 50 cents well that that starts to add up the, the other thing is the transportation you know the cost of gas the you know, buses that always goes up so the coaches really had to finagle to try to fit everything and that was probably my worst nightmare as an AD is because I had to basically be the the bad guy and say no you can't have that or we don't have the money for that and then when you start to look at improvements there's no question that the bigger the things you feel you need the bigger the dollar sign so the question is always where is that dollar sign coming from and uh, you know is there that secret donor the multi-billionaire says you know what let me just give a, a billion dollars to the Moravian Athletics if that person's around and you're listening you know, you know <laughs> where but it, it really does come down to which is in, in a sense unfortunate that you know that you need stuff and again that's the difference with some recruiting is because new prospects who walk on the campus and they want to know and I laughed one time for when I a prospect said to me, well, Coach, how many helmets do you have? And I thought, man, that was a weird question. And I said, well, I said, we probably will have about 100 players on the team, and you know, I always have to get extra helmets. And he goes, no, no, I mean, how many different helmets? <laughs> and then I realized this guy was, he was looking at football on TV, Division One, like Oregon, who was a partner with Nike, that probably used three or four different helmets with different colors. <laughs> I said, we have one. <laughs> we have one standard helmet and stuff. And, and you know, so you, you, you fight those things. But you know, the, the reality of the world is you start to say something, somewhere in that sentence there'll be a dollar sign. And the question is, where's that dollar sign coming from? So you need the support. You know, Coach Puxin talks about his to his football players all the time because he is an alum. And he talks about the brotherhood of, of being a Greyhound football alum. And you're a Greyhound football alum for four years while you're here, but you're a Greyhound football guy forever after you graduate. So you're always part of the program, and anytime you can help with that, it benefits what's going on. Absolutely, Scott. Once again, thank you for being on today's episode. I am sure some of the athletes you coach that are tuning into this episode are going to enjoy hearing from you. For all of our alumni joining us, be sure to keep an eye out for additional information to arrive on the Athletics Giving Challenge in your email and in your mailbox soon. And don't forget to tune into our next episode featuring Jim Walker, former men's basketball coach, men's tennis coach, and athletic director, airing October 20th. Go Hounds! Go Hounds! Go Hounds!